Before today's episode of It's Just Money, where we celebrate a year in existence, we need to talk to you about the Vigit app. Vigit is the number one social media sports betting app in the entire world. What it is, is a wager-free betting app where you can place picks on the NFL, the NCAA, the NHL, and other sports for free, wager-free. You use coins that you can exchange for Amazon gift cards, TV, and t-shirts. There are great prizes on the app. You have to check it out for yourself. Download today. Use the code It's Just Money for a thousand free coins and join our betting league using the passcode WIN393. We love Vigit. We love you guys. We appreciate you sticking with us. It's been a great year. We're going to keep doing this thing. It's going to be a great week of content. We're headed down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, so make sure you're on tab for that. And let's go. Is that I never ask my clients to judge me on my winners, I ask them to judge me on my losers because I have so few. Tell them to bring me my money. Okay, we are back. It is the It's Just Money podcast presented by Vigit. This is episode 38. Happy one year to the boys. A year to the day we released our first episode. We are 38 into it. We're going to keep riding this thing out. We love you. We're still growing. We've hit a little plateau, but we're getting there. Um, thanks for being here. The boys are here. Today is Thursday, October 14th, and I don't know if we had the best week last week. But, however, we are back, and we're going to have a great week this week. Play the week is back. It hit last week. Let's talk to the boys. Schaefer, how are we? Um, everything <laughs> oh outside. Every time. Everything, everything. everything outside of football-related topics. Life is good. If you ask me about my football life, betting, team-wise, anything like that in general, I don't want to fucking talk about it. So that's where I'm at right now. I told the boys I'm highly contemplating watching football the rest of the season. Uh, Definitely don't think I'm going to watch tonight's games, uh, Thursday night. Didn't watch Tuesday. We'll see what Friday brings. We're going to be on the road down to Arkansas, so maybe that will be be there. The um, game kicks will already be there. I think you're down bad, Schaefer. Like I'm, I'm really, dude. You know, no, there's down bad, and then there's me. (laughs) No, I, I am worse than down bad. You can't. I'm down multiple units. I'm sure everybody watched the football game Monday night. There's nothing else I can say. And on top of that, Iowa State plays in Manhattan this weekend, where we haven't won since 2004. There is nothing, and I mean nothing. Looking bright right now. Football Arkansas. Yeah, life is good. I get to see my friends this weekend. I am excited. That's what I said. Life is good. (laughs) Football life. Football life is crippling in depression. Okay, let's go to hopefully a more positive note in Jordan. JP, how are we? I mean, I'm positive. I did I went five and six last week. I went three and six. Right. JP, we went five and six. JP, hold on. I could be down in bets, oh, in like 110, and if I, my team was where JP was right now, I would have nothing to complain about. So, JP, I never – talk, We're talking about our bets. That's what he said. Oh, well, I'll hey, just say – Pull the I, mic I, away from your face. You're screaming. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get my point across. <laughs> yeah, your point's getting across there, baby. Uh, I'm going to go – you know, I'm doing well. I'll say well. Uh, I got kind of whipped up on Saturday, and then I tried to come back won two bets on Monday in the NFL brought me back up a good amount, pretty much even 
That was good. Because two, two no on an NFL Sunday. I had the Packers minus two and a half. And when Mason Crosby missed three field goals in the last four minutes, oh my goodness. That might have been the most stressful thing I've ever seen. Just inhaling. It was a bad week for kickers. It he was just missed, bad he missed three in a row. He's one of the best of all time. It's three in a row. Would have, if any of them were made, they would have won the game. Wouldn't have had to sweat it out. Had to sweat it out anyway. Um, but I got whipped up on last night. Appalachian State just got pounded. I mean, that's the worst I've seen an app team look ever, like I was saying earlier. But, you know, the week's looking up. I don't have a ton of plays for the week, but I have ones I like. So, therefore, we're back to quality, not quantity. We are rocking with that. I'm taking, you know, taking a step back, and I'm going through everything one by one, my checklist, you know, what I look for in every bet. So, we're going to play that well. Um, you know, Denver still got injury problems, but they looked better in the second half last week. They'll figure it out. They're in a little rough patch of their schedule anyway. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Iowa has Purdue this week, who's been a you know a thorn in their side for years, and so we'll you're jumping ahead like eleven segments. Hold on, I'm just saying. Uh, I just asked how you were. Okay, now <laughs> let's go into our bets last week. We know JP. Let's jump to that's, Schaefer. That's what. That's hold on. Sorry, but that's what I was saying when I was telling him about the Iowa thing and about going Owen Owen one hundred. He was trying to talk about his bets. That's what I was saying. You were asking how life is going. Yeah, that's what life yeah, he was, is going. He was jumping ahead way too much. Yeah. Well, yeah, life is going jumping him. Um, but how did your bets go, Schaefer? Honest, okay, honestly, I I'm bitching a little bit. I I went like two and four, two and three, a couple of games below five hundred. That's not even that um, bad. No, it's not that bad. Except you give me on top of two weeks ago, I'm I'm pretty stuck in a rut right now. Uh, not a great record. Down a lot of units. Uh, need a need a need a five or above five hundred weekend this week. The fade Schaefer train, you know, from the listeners might start now. That's fine. That's when I am. That's everybody when get on best. the train before so you I, turn I, it around, baby. Yeah, please, please fade me. That's when I'm at my best. Um, okay, my week went good. I should have gone five and zero in college football, but one of the better comebacks I've ever seen in my entire life out of Oklahoma blew that. Um, but four and one is nothing to blink at. I won eighty percent of my bets. Kentucky, TCU, ECU. And Ohio State, Ohio State might have been a Oh, lot. that's another thing I was going to say. You're talking about, so all those plays, I broke one of my cardinal rules, right? Actually, I broke two of my cardinal rules. I usually only put one bet in per game. And I took, there's two different games where I had an, the spread and a total. And those either went 0-2 or 1-1. That's rule number one. I never, ever do that. And then I started to sprinkle, I'd like to keep my units even. And I started sprinkling like, you know, half one here, a full one there on like the same game. Don't, I, I don't know why I did that. It just ruined everything. I would have been fine if I would have gone the other way around. So, that, whenever that, I manipulate my units, I always get fucked somehow. Yeah, uh, I did. And I've learned my lesson very fast. I was going to say, Parks, you bringing up that Texas game reminds me. I did only go like two and three. But I think me taking the under in the Texas-Oklahoma game made it feel like I lost five in a row. I had the under in Ole Miss, it, Arkansas, which looked beautiful. The under Ole Miss, Arkansas looked beautiful. In the third quarter hit, and they scored like – there's five total scores in the first half between the two teams. There was five with like three minutes left in the third quarter between the two. There was 28 was, points in the first quarter. First quarter. Uh, Both of you guys took games under 
that looked like eight-man football games at the end. It yeah. was, <laughs> I mean, what did we have in Arkansas Ole Miss? 104? It was something stupid. 103 in Arkansas Ole Miss, and then what was Texas and Oklahoma? 80-something or 90-something? No, it was, a, it was 100 because wasn't it like 50-something? Oh, yeah, it was 55-48. <laughs> so a couple of shootouts there. Um, Shout out to everybody, that the had, under. everybody that had uh, – Texas plus three and a half, thinking they're just going to win with the last second field goal to win by hook. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, nope. <laughs> that, that's tough. That was a tough ending to that. I had, I mean, watching that game, the first five minutes of it, I was like, holy shit, Texas was a lock. Like, what a pick by me. And then, uh, yeah, what, it didn't go good. It didn't go good. Um, Kentucky might have been a lock. They rolled. However, they might be fucked this week. We'll dive into that later. Um, okay. That wraps up bets. Let's go to team recaps and previews. We'll just do it all at once. Let's start with Iowa State coming off a bye week, jumping to Kansas State. He already touched on it. They have not won there since 2004, you said? 2004. So what are we thinking? I mean, that, that stat pretty much tells it all. So do you I think they're going to lose? I mean, at this point, you know, my whole thing was like, I had the bye week off. I'm like, I get Colts Monday night. Can't wait. I just get to relax and enjoy that game. I wasn't expecting too much. That just ended up ruining my whole week. And Did you enjoy I mean, it? I mean, up until the fourth <laughs> quarter, yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh, Iowa State this weekend, should we win? Yes, we're the better team. But have you watched that team? Nothing's going to surprise me at this point. And, yeah, I have, I have nothing – I have no optimism for it. Let's just say that much. Okay, there you go. Um, not the most positive note, again, coming from Schaefer. Let's go to Iowa. Iowa plays at home again, this time against Purdue. Um, a little bit of a trap game, I smell. Like a little bit of a letdown after what they did last week. Yeah, I don't know if I call it a letdown. I just call it, you know, the little shit that you can't get off your leg like little kids and shit just running after you and grabbing you like a bad rash. Yeah. They always come back it's, and they're always annoying Purdue and Purdue has been that way for a while with Iowa. So it's, you know, a little bit of an interesting game. I do think that if we can just the offensive line play, another thing is gets better. We'll be just fine. Honestly, like the game last week, I could make a whole podcast just on that. I got like 15 notes on it. Like just don't worry. We'll follow you on Twitter, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, <laughs> Hey man, if you want to have if you want to have a life and a you know a job in this business, you got to start somewhere. And I'm trying to learn myself up. Uh, there's just a lot of things. The offensive line struggled against Penn State and pass pro, and then the run game at times as well. Um, I, I, we decided not to spy Clifford, which is like the opposite of what we've done the entire year. We didn't have Jack Campbell or anybody really spying him very much. Gave him opportunities to run and scramble. That was an interesting call. I understand it, trying to make him throw the ball or do whatever, but it just it kind of backfired for a while. Uh, you got big plays out of guys that are young uh, and Keegan Johnson and other guys. So it was really cool to see that, you know, playmakers coming from spots you're not expecting is always a good little treat. So good time to watch that. Uh, again, we got the turnovers. People say they're going to stop. We got three of them, only three points off of it. So it was just an all in field, good field position. It was just confusing as to why we couldn't convert that to points. Only got three. Should have had about five, five turnovers. The five yard line. I mean, yeah. 
there's gotta, no excuse. A, there. They were at the there's, ten, not the five. Either way, they got to have more no than three. There's no excuse there. They got to have. They were had two of them um, inside the fifty. One of them was at the ten. The other one they got on their twenty because he caught it in the end zone. Uh, but you got to have more than three points out of that situation in those kind of games, which is like the opposite of what we've been doing. Um, and then at the end of the game, Hankins gets the pick on fourth down, where you're like, "Wow, that's great!" Like, got a fourth down stop. But if you if we don't intercept that ball and we let it drop, we knock it down and we don't get an unsportsmanlike penalty at the end of it. We're within field goal range easily on like the 15 yard line opportunity to put a touch on, on the board and the game or field goal and really feel comfortable. Neither one of those happened. And then you just look at two straight drives at the end where I understand it. And this is where people need to understand how Iowa plays football. They get up and they sit and they, you know, they play almost defensively offensively. Um, and I didn't hate the idea of trying to kill a clock. I did not like the fact that we were taking knees to do it. Um, at a certain point, a certain point, I was like, "Yeah, I understand it. We're playing, you know, one side to help the other." But that's you my had confusion. To, you had to do something. How, how? Why are you not running the ball to at least try to get a first down there and just end the game? Well, there was they had ten in the box. They knew what was going to come. I don't think we would have gotten a first down anyway. It's just ten in the box versus you know seven down linemen and a fullback and a running back and one wide out's just not going to get it done in that. And you don't want to put the ball in the air at all. So I don't, I, I just think we, I don't know. I've gone back and forth on the idea. I'm fine with it. And by the way, just so everybody knows, I, I hate to tell you, your quarterback goes down. We can't pause the game and call it a win at that point in time. Welcome to the world. Every that's my question is let's, let's so reverse annoying. it. That's the big argument. That's all over the place. Um, I stay out of it. But it's the only thing I've heard from you every think? single person. Yes, I mean, that's the big argument. What is the actual opinion? Whether opinion? or not we wait aside, if Sean Clifford stays in that game, do you think Iowa wins a football game? If, they do, if, if you don't change anything but him coming in and the offense gets better in the second half, yeah. They had 14 points when he went out. They, only, they put up three. Or they were up 14-3. Oh, three. They, they got three in the first half when he was not in on that last drive. Um, and so they're up 17-3. Defense bows their neck. Obviously, their backups in was absolutely rattled. But you got to remember, they had false start penalties that were driven by the fans. They had other things not go the way. The offensive, uh, Iowa's offense was starting to move the ball and do things more rhythmatically. So that was, you know, what it is. But just looking at that, and I get it. People want to be cool and, like, play the old little. Yeah, well, in 2009, if Ricky Stanley doesn't roll his ankle in the back of the end zone, we'd probably go 12-0. and 0, But you don't see me – like, I don't say that. Like, it's part of the game. That's what happens. You leave your quarterback open to get blasted four times on the same drive. Something's going to happen here, Chief. So, I mean, it sucks. You don't want a kid to get hurt. But you can't – I can't listen to the arguments of, oh, well, if he was in, they would have won. Well, he was hurt, and they didn't win. So – you know, I think that was possibly the top five worst backup quarterback performances I've ever Dude, seen he, in my life. He was so scared, and you knew he was. He was Dude, just not ready. Not even the, uh, being scared aside, his throwing ability was dog shit. Like oh, yeah. simple wide open it. slants were going into linebackers' chest. That's why I said Iowa should have had about five picks. There was one that went into mm. the linebacker's named Campbell. Yeah. It went right off of his chest. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it was the worst throw I've ever seen in my life. It's just I, simple but, things in that game that ended up being – I told you field position and turnovers were going to make the decision. Now, we didn't – we turned the ball over once on a Peaches throw that should have been A, caught, and B, you shouldn't have thrown it like Brett damn far five yards downfield. But 
we had three and we only got three points off of it. So that kind of wiped away the idea of getting turnovers. But field position played a massive role. And I, I said it, I said it, I said it. I knew it was going to happen because I know how to watch my team. And I understand what they try to do. Unlike a lot. I was legitimate best player that has one of the bigger impacts, like top two impacts in the game other than probably Goodson is their punter. I don't know his name, but my Corey God. Taylor. That guy had the biggest impact on the game this weekend. Yeah, he's great. And we, we play into his hands almost. Like, that's why we did what we did at the end. Like, that's why they do half the things they do on offense because they know they'll snap the defense at some point. But if we can constantly get him inside the 10, how many 90-yard drives are teams going to make in the college level on a defense like that? Answer is not many. I don't know if it's people are more frustrated at the fact – don't get me wrong. I'm a Nebraska fan. I, I can't stand that Iowa's number two. However, I don't think it's wrong because they are winning football games. I think it's people are getting mad at the fact that Iowa's number two and trying to compare them to like a Georgia or Alabama in their head and how that game would play out. That how many sense. times throughout the years and like watching college football has a team been ranked something? You'd be like, dude, they're not that. A lot. It happens yeah, that's what every I'm saying. year. It's because it's we're not a brand name. Everybody likes the brand names, even though they bitch about the brand names. And so... I mean, we've earned the ranking. I'm not going to sit here and tell you talent-wise we're the second-best team in the country, but right now I think we fucking deserve it more than anybody below us for sure. Oklahoma, you can maybe have an argument, but they haven't looked good, and neither have we, but we have more ranked wins and things like that. Now our wins have started to stop being ranked. Thanks, Shafe, for that. Uh, And teams that were supposed to be good aren't good, but, I mean, you can't – come on. I mean, you got to just – the rankings are ranking. I don't know why people – it's not even going to matter in, what, a week, two weeks? Right. I would say Iowa has a, just the upper hand on Cincinnati. Let's jump to – actually, let me do my wrap-up first, and then we'll jump to who's in, and we can t- keep talking about this because that's where it's going to carry us. Mm-hmm. Um, Nebraska, can we please just, like, stop? Like, can, I, can, I, can, can we the, stop? Can I, can I Parks, you didn't – and I understand why. I would have been frustrated as well. I but legitimately I, pouted Schaefer like for an no, hour no, and a half. No, I would, I would have too. But my text Saturday night about when I, we talked about this, or I talked about this last episode, this was Frost's biggest game. Did that, his facial expression not just scream no. that? that I don't blame that game on Frost whatsoever. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not blaming, really, really I'm well not blaming it on Frost. But like when he, they turned it over and he realized they lost that football game. That's just frustration. The look, the look on his face just said everything. It was about the same as Lane Kiffin was during that Arkansas game this weekend. Like they were both more emotional or emotion showing than most coaches. So that's why I think it went noticed. But if you've been through as much as Nebraska fans and Nebraska has been through, like with turnovers late in the game and losing 16 games by one possession or less, um, that's, I mean, you've, the hand on the face is earned. But I don't think he get poor, like, I don't think the game was po- coached poorly. Um, honestly, I don't – I mean, you guys are probably watching the game. I think the Martinez play should have been blown dead. Is that biased? Probably. But from what I'm hearing and seeing everywhere, it looks like it should have been blown dead. I think nine times out of ten it is. What caused the fumble was – I forget the kid's name, 97 off the end for Michigan State – for Michigan. Um, he dove in at his knees, and then he kind of leaned over, and that's what ripped the ball out. That was one of the most – poorly officiated games I've ever seen in my entire life. I'll say that Um, disconcerting signals. That was the first time I've ever seen that called. I don't think I I imagine it is a penalty, but there had to have been a million other times where clapping like that has really not thrown off an offense. I mean, it's coming from a completely different side of the field. 
That was a problem when Iowa played Nebraska last year. Frost was complaining about that. He thought Iowa fans and sidelines were clapping to mock the snap count. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I've never seen the penalty actually called. So that was no. weird. There was, um, a, what did they call it? I forget the actual terminology they used, but a tied possession. So the receiver got it when they were yeah. even possession on the grabbing punt. it. Yeah. If they're, it's just, there's a lot um, of different like uh, ins and outs within. The I've rules. seen four screenshots, three from Michigan and one from Nebraska of five men in the backfield, no illegal formation oh, called. Uh, that was bad. There that was, was five, bad. there was four of them. It was three on Michigan and one on Nebraska. It was two on so Michigan obvious. touchdowns and one on Nebraska's touchdown. It was those are the most obvious things ever. I mean, yeah. they weren't even close. No, it was really one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. And I don't think it was one way or another. I don't think that's why Nebraska lost the football game um, because they got some calls. But Michigan definitely took the fair share of calls. But when you when you have seven reviews in a game and six of them are overturned, the crew's not very good. I don't think there's any way around that. Um, but I mean, it broke my heart. It was tough. I think that we still look good. We are still very competitive. And I don't think any team, if, if I were Iowa, if I were Ohio state coming down the stretch, I wouldn't, I'm not excited to go to Lincoln. I'll say that because one of these, if it does turn around, it's going to end somebody's hopes. So we'll learn a lot this weekend about Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, they got to win on the road. I think, well, I think they can. It's just, if, is is the toll of just shit, not going your way. Or is it just like a, you know, like a breath of like a release of all this like stress and anger and just they'd go up there and pound a Minnesota team. Like that's completely possible too. That's why I'm saying it means if they lose that game because they haven't like let all that go, that'll like the season will go down. They'll that's why well. I wanted if to they take win that break. game and just chill. They'll, they'll keep getting better and better. Yeah. I, I was big on Nebraska, but then, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I like Nebraska's line. Days. I like Four and Nebraska's and a half. Line. Yeah, no, I like that. I think Nebraska wins by two or three scores. Um, I This team fights, man. Like, after coming back from Michigan State, you have back-to-back games that you should have won. Oklahoma and Michigan State, and they just piss-pound Northwestern. I would put Minnesota pretty similar to Northwestern. Um, obviously, yeah. you're on Minnesota's the road. Minnesota's not very good. They don't play no, very good defense. That's what I'm saying. And they struggle on offense. So, I think, I think Nebraska's defense will travel. I, again, it goes back to can the offense just take a sigh or, like – big breath and just let it all be and play football. And if they do, they'll win that game handily. I agree. Um, we'll see what happens, but I, I, I mean, there's not much to take away from it other than the refs had a major impact. I don't think they cost one team or the other of the game, but it was hard to watch. Okay. Now let's jump to who's in who's in the college football playoff, obviously focusing on the top four teams here. Um, top four, as they stand right now, Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, the last two in are Ohio State and Alabama, five and six. Okay, where are we going with our who's in? Who do we think deserves to be in there? And who do we think deserves to be out? Schaefer. Okay, Schaefer, you're up. Wait, before we go, does everybody have one, two, the same as the AP poll, like those two teams? Are we doing the top 25 or what? No, 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 no. Your top, your four that are in the playoff are right yeah, now. Yeah, who's in? Okay, well, when we do this, I like to think 12 – or I'd like to think of week 13 when this is all said and done. Well, that's not the point, Schaefer. Anybody can do that. I don't think I do. I think I have. Well, here's the deal. Here's, here's why, and I'll get to my argument. My thing is, is if, okay, the four are in, Ohio State's in over Iowa. I think when it comes that's down to That's not Andy, week 13, though. That's before the Big Ten title game. Okay, then, yes. Well, 
Like we can pause and, this. And, and both got to get there. Then there's, then there's no argument because the top four undefeated teams are in then. That's what I'm saying. I'm thinking. No, not true. Up. Not uh, true. All right. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess not. I don't know who you put in over them because you have I keep Ohio Alabama State. in. Who you kick out? Simple as that. The Oklahoma team. Oklahoma. Undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anybody on the bubble. I'll say this. I don't have anybody on the bubble five or six that's actually in yeah. my top four. And if, and just if Cincinnati, Cincinnati or Oklahoma. And I, I would honestly kick Cincinnati out for Ohio State right now if I really felt like it, but I would put Alabama, Alabama, Cincinnati, Iowa, Georgia, and I would be tempted to throw Ohio State in over Cincinnati right now, if I'm being honest. Did you have Alabama in there? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Over Oklahoma. I kept them in there. Yep. 100%. Wow. And I, I know Cincinnati's done everything that we want to ask them to. No, oh, I'm more shocked at the Alabama over Oklahoma. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I was talking about, like, the idea of putting Ohio State in over them. But I think Oklahoma, they're good. I still haven't – like, this is the first game where I was like, oh, okay. Like, I just think Alabama's a way better team. I think their resume's still better. Like, I, I think if you look at them side by side, you know who's the better football team on a blank piece of paper. Outside of one loss and Kyle Field, you know, at night is just – I mean, we got to remember what people thought Texas A&M was. They just had two bad weeks in a row. Like, we got to remember okay. what they yeah, are. Yeah, exactly my point. What? So, why does that give Alabama? They almost blew it to Florida. I don't think anybody's convinced. By they did Florida not almost blow teams. that game. Florida's a good football team. Okay, but I don't think they're be probably better than Oklahoma. I think oh, I look I know, up man. on Oklahoma now knowing the quarterback situation. I think yeah, Spencer I think, Rattler getting benched is almost the best thing that could have happened to Oklahoma, yeah. especially in my mind. I, I seen put play them full in game. now more than ever. Yeah, but you haven't seen the kid play a full game and be schemed for yet. Well, he's a fucking monster. I'll say <laughs> that. I don't. They, there's not much film to go off of other than those quarters. I don't think hey, he's going to be schemed well. Everybody and their mom has scored on that Texas defense. That's all I'm saying. I mean, also true, but I feel like that they're in a they're in a really good position right now. Yeah, they're in a great spot. They control their own destiny. Problem is, is they have, uh, yeah, two teams on their schedule that could truly beat them, and it's coming up quick. Yeah, and I would say Cincinnati probably zero or like one. I'd give SMU a chance, and I think that American not being as good as the Americans been in the past hurts them for sure. Because if you get Alabama-Georgia in an SEC title game and Alabama wins that football game and you have a one-loss – let's just say you have a one-loss Ohio State, a one-loss Iowa, and a one-loss – or two-loss Iowa, one-loss Iowa. Two losses takes them out either way. Um, and, like, maybe Oregon stays undefeated. Or may, who the fuck knows? Maybe Arizona State starts running the table the rest of the year and they're one loss. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, that's fair. I think Arizona's definitely in the conversation if they keep playing the way they are. Um, so that's a team that I actually did want to mention is that they're on the brink of, of becoming re relevant in the they're top They're still four. sitting at 18, man. I mean, they're just waiting for their chance. I mean, they, the BYU game hurts. They played really bad football that night. But the, the, the BYU's lost to Boise right State. Boy yeah, Boise State's the best. What are they, 3-3 three and three team right now? They're the best 3-3 three and three team in the country. Is Nebraska yeah. three and four? Three and four, yeah. Yeah, see, that's why. Because three and three, Boise State's the best three and three team in the country. They should have won week one. Like, there's a lot of things you could red flag with Boise State. Fair, fair. But, okay, let's go final. Final, who's in right now? Oklahoma, 
Cincinnati, Iowa, Georgia. I like that list. I would maybe flip-flop Iowa and Cincinnati to toss-up because I'm just giving Cincinnati more points because they played on the road and Iowa's played those big games at home. But it's really pretty even for me. So I like the top four, five, six, Alabama, Ohio State, so I'm not changing anything. Schaefer, what's your final top four and who's on the brink? Uh, I guess I'll just keep the top four the same. Um, and then I, I'll, I'll actually give Ohio State above Alabama. I don't think, I don't think Alabama's – I don't know. It's one thing to do it once against A&M, that Florida game. You've played some pretty poor road games so far. I mean, both are good teams, but they're nothing. Like this college season has shown, nobody is head and shoulders Um, above anybody. We're not going to talk about Oklahoma at home, about losing to West Virginia or Kansas State close in their game or Nebraska playing them too close. If they win every game, there's not a chance that Alabama is beating Oklahoma or getting in over Oklahoma. no, uh, but I'm just saying, win. like, you, your argument was that they played – they lost at A&M and they played a close game with Florida. I would argue Florida's better than every team that's played uh, – My argument is Ohio close. State's better than Alabama right now. Ooh. But they've, I, I think, I think it's, it's weird. Well, that's my uh, only question is you're valuing a loss at home against Oregon higher than Alabama losing on the road at Kyle Field. At the moment, yes. And okay. I think in the last three games as well, um, I think Ohio State is just – I know they haven't played anybody great, but they're finally clicking and they're actually looking like Ohio State again. And they're just absolutely dismantling teams. So Yep. Everybody, everybody in their car right now that's listening to this is just like hanging onto their steering wheel with the excitement pouring out of Schaefer's mouth right now. Schaefer, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Live it up, kids. Friday, Junior. Um, okay. Let's hey, jump. it's actually probably Friday – when this comes out for the work week. But think about it. It comes out tomorrow, which I mean, it comes yeah. out Thursday today. Yeah. I don't know if you're working Friday, but I'm driving to Arkansas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying there. I was so confused. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Are you doing a bit? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Let's go JP. What's your uh, top four? You have it the same? Yep. Uh, or no, I had it the same as what I said. I would say Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio state knocking on the door. Okay. There's your, there's your answer to who's in, who's out for the – I'm not an SEC boys. homer, just so everybody knows. I've never been one. I just think – I don't know. I just think they're a better football team. I think so it's I fair. Think I think the argument's there. I can hear it both ways. What um, do you think the BCS would be right now if that existed? Do you think it would be really similar or do you think it would be different? Because I would argue that Iowa would slip with the losses that the I think team would be way has taken. Yeah. I think Oklahoma would be too and Michigan would be way higher. I think all the undefeated teams would be way higher if that computer was doing it. Yeah. No, I think Michigan would be higher. I think Michigan State would be top four, top three. I think they'd be top Kentucky six. would be – Kentucky would probably be top three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's crazy for me to think about a computer that was deciding the livelihood of teams across the country. <laughs> yeah, I'd be really interested to simulate the rest of the season in NCAA 14 and see what happens. I will say that. Okay, let's jump to who's popping. What's popping? What's yeah. Poppin'? I who's, guess my guess mine is a who's. who's so in? I guess my mind's a who's popping, but let's jump to what's popping. What's popping? Yeah, Schaefer, okay. go get him. What? Come on, go get up, Schaefer. Who's, what is popping? Schaefer, what is popping? Um, I'm going to go, what is popping? Different TV <laughs> broadcasts, specifically the NHL, as 
Uh, ESPN. Three weeks in a row with the NHL, baby. ESPN um, previewed their first game for the NHL season last night, and TNT is on, I guess, tonight being last night for you listeners, uh, Wednesday night on TNT. Washington is currently clapping New York right now, just controlling the game. So, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think it was a – I watched a little bit last night. Didn't have too much interest in it, but I thought it was a decent broadcast. And I think that them actually being on both of these networks, isn't it going to be a weekly – is it going to be a weekly basis? Oh, yeah. They own the rights. I yeah. think so. So I think it'll give the sport of hockey a lot more recognition now that they've made these TV deals. So I think it will be good for the sport. It was weird listening to Sean McDonough announce a hockey game. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was it was very different, and then there was some nobody doing the night game, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like the uh, soundtrack for the ESPN NHL. Just brings back good old memories from old video games. So I like it. I like it. good good. Uh, what's popping, Shafe? Down to JP. I got two. All right, number one, bucket list because bucket list has officially started for me this week. I have a goal of one destination college football game a year. And we're going to the first one this weekend. So bucket list, you know, going to do cool shit. That's pretty cool. Fuck yeah. Yep. And then number two, frozen grapes. You guys never eaten a frozen grape. That was astonishing because they are the I best. I love this thing. is sports. I it is. Sports <laughs> it doesn't matter. Frozen grapes are it always is. popping. Frozen okay. grapes. Frozen grapes and traveling on your bucket list. That's and what's popping. One more. Oh, I got so three. you have three. Today and Thursday, my mom's birthday is today. So happy birthday, Deborah. Also not sports. Happy birthday, Debbie. <laughs> okay. So my what's popping is pretty simple and it's fan fights. I think there has been, maybe it's just because I'm seeing them more often on social media, but I think fans are beating the shit out of each other. And it doesn't have to be opposing fans. Like it's not, oh, you're, my team's better than yours. It's like teams of the same like fans, like the Kansas city X factor guy just getting knocked the fuck out in the middle of the chiefs game. Like, what is that? Why are there so many fans fighting? I don't understand it. I think when fans came back this summer, Pat McAfee was on a show and he goes, people need to remember people will hit you in the fucking mouth. (laughs) Like you can't just do dumb shit, say dumb shit. People will hit you in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's, it's so back. I don't understand why, but I feel like every game, like there's one a night where, especially Dodgers fans, if you're out oh, there and you're a Dodgers fan, you quit remember, hitting each other. Do- Dodger Stadium is not in the best part of LA. Not the nicest part of LA. That's true, it's, but I don't see very many White Sox videos where they're beating the tits off each other. <laughs> I'm sure they're out there. There's just a lot of fan fights <laughs> going on right now, and I don't hate it because I like watching the videos, but they're back. So if you're in the stadium, watch your mouth. Um, okay, let's hey, jump before, to what? Before oh, bets, before bets, I have a question. I wanted to hear you guys' take on this. Mm. All right, you ready? Yep. Okay, here's the question. Are there more hard-to-play-in stadiums throughout the country than there are absolute duds in the Power Five? Mm. Harder to play. Yeah, so like tough places to play in the Power Five. Are there more of those than like dud stadiums that are like, oh, we're going there, no one really cares. It's not hard to play in. Whether they, I I would say there's more dud stadiums. Hard to play. Ooh, okay. Arguments both sides go. Well, I would say there's more dead stadiums because you got to look at even Power Five teams that are decent, like TCU. I've heard is the one of the worst atmospheres ever. 
Um, West Virginia, you get maybe one or two games a year where it's legitimately tough. No, but no, like it's not like fair. a weekly basis. So you're mm. see good. I'm glad you're basing it off of the Big Twelve because I was thinking <laughs> of the Big Twelve and I was thinking of this. So it's, I think it's of, the Big Twelve and the Big Ten because the Big Ten gets really really nice on their stuff and then it drops off at the bottom pretty hard. And we got Pac twelve too. We got to think about when some of these Power Five teams they play in the middle of fucking nowhere, and that's their advantage sometimes. Like mm-hmm. Lubbock, Texas, you're playing out in the fucking boonies. Waco, Texas, it's not necessarily a home field advantage, but the travel to get there takes a toll on these players. And then the Big 12 situation, I would disagree completely. I think Morgantown, when they're really good, that place is fucking fired up. Uh, When's the last time they've been really good, though? They're always it's good. a dud 95% of the time. Like, if they that have those will... two big games a year, that's when it's pretty crazy. But other than that, it's pretty much a dud. Like, if I'm going to West Virginia and TCU, it's not going to be nuts. I'd that say will, West Virginia that, that, that Will Greer end. team was That Will Greer team was literally, like, top six when they went to Ames three years ago today. I saw it on Twitter. I would say – I wouldn't say West Virginia is a tough place to play unless it's a really good team coming in there. Hmm. See, I think I'd lean more tough than dud for sure for West Virginia. So, like, when I think about it, I think there are more duds simply because there are more, like, think about, like, the whole Pac-12. There's, like, three legit fan bases out there. They're all Fairweather fans. No offense, Pac-12, but, I mean, we're being honest here. by conference. It's, I think it's that, pretty ridiculous. I think, the majority, I think the majority of the SEC is tough to play. Oh, yeah, majority of it, I'd say. Uh, yeah, but like everybody overall, minus Vanderbilt. Yeah, I was so it just I guess it depends conference by conference. I think the Pac-12 is the only conference though in the Power 5 that you have more duds than not cuz fucking Pac-12 they're the biggest losers of I don't sports know. fans I have, in the outside world. Outside of like you know um I feel like Florida the big State, 10 might be even Clemson, Florida State, Clemson and Virginia Tech like what other ACC schools you're like damn that's pretty daunting place to go into like historically and like talking like what other places you like? That's a tough place to win. I think. I think. I NC think State's you, pretty crazy, isn't it? I was gonna say. I think. North, no, if it's I, but you wouldn't be like, damn, that's tough to play it. No, and you wouldn't say that about North Carolina unless it was the last two years. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't base it on how good the team is. You got to base it on like people always like. If you're a good stadium, I think that's, it's always I think rocking. Like it's hard. To, it's always been hard to go to Memorial because they're always no. You can't say that then, because into, talk. Look at look at Florida State. Look at Florida State when they're good. Yeah, but historically, then, then Louisville came to town the week a week ago or whatever, and there was maybe twenty five percent capacity there. I think I would, that's more. I mean, of a road that's goal. what I based the whole argument off of. Was pretty my initial thought was Nebraska. No matter our record, we're sold out, and it's fucking a tough place to play. Whether we're playing Buffalo or we're playing Michigan, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like Kinnick, whether they're playing Kent State or they're playing Penn State, it's a nut house. Like, like that's a tough place to play. Going to Ryan Field at Northwestern. No, nobody's scared to go play there. Nobody's scared to go play at West Lafayette. Nobody's scared to go play Maryland Rutgers. Yeah, but people never want to go to like you know like Jack Trice in recent years. People don't want to go there. They don't want to go down to Kyle Field. They don't want to go into Happy uh, Valley, Athens, Georgia, or Happy Valley. And I don't think I think in the Pac-12, Utah always a tough place to play. Uh, Washington generally a tough place to play in Autzen Stadium. I'd give you those three. Sun Devil, even when they're good, has a problem. Like the whole Pac-12 just has a yeah. problem with selling stadiums out because people out there don't care as much. True facts. Okay, that was a fair, good argument. Good question, JP. 
Okay, now let's jump to bets. We'll go round table style. We'll start with JP this week, then the Shaper, then myself. To round it out, Sam, as always, let's get it rolling. Play the week is in. We have decided. We will share it at the end. Okay, JP. Yep, I'm going to start this thing off. I'm going to start in the Big Ten, though. Um, I am going to take – I just want to check this line, what it's at at the moment, but I have it at two. So I'll take Rutgers minus two versus Northwestern. Now, this is an interesting spot considering where both these teams are. Northwestern hasn't looked very good, had a bye week last week after getting shellacked in Memorial Stadium. They just can't play offense. They're ranked in the hundreds as total offense and in points scored. Their strength is the run game, and that's what Rutgers does well on defense. So I think Rutgers' ability to stop the run and make Northwestern play football is Hunter Johnson still playing a quarterback for them. If they can make Northwestern one-dimensional, it's game over. And Northwestern does that to themselves. So I think two is plenty enough. I think Rutgers gets back on the right foot. Shiano keeps his team moving forward. Expect a slower game, you know, because Rutgers can do both things. But Northwestern really can't move the ball very well, and they don't have played very good defense all year. So I'll take Rutgers minus two versus Northwestern. Fair pick. Northwestern sucks. Up to Schaefer. Uh, by the way, a little side note before I go into all of my bets. We're going back to the bread and butter. I am staying away from picking underdogs. I am done doing that. That's been kicking my ass. <laughs> so I have all favorites on the docket this week. Um, let's start with the first one. Actually, we're going to go to big favorites. JP said he didn't like this game. I kind of like it a lot. Let's go Cincinnati. Minus 21 against UCF. Put me I on know, that. Put me I, on that shit. I, and, and uh, you know, you've heard from me. I'm not the biggest Cincinnati uh, supporter of whatever they're doing this year by any means. But I think this is a good spot for them. They're on ABC. They got to show out for this game to put themselves in that college football playoff conversation. UCF is 1-4 against the spread this season and 0-2 against the spread without Gabriel under center. Cincinnati's defensive line is going to put a ton of pressure on Mikey Keene, the backup quarterback for UCF. And nobody's been really talking about it. But we always have the, the Heisman winners always have those one games on national television that everybody talks about. And if Desmond Ritter wants to get this team to the playoff, this is the perfect opportunity for him to show out and put up a ton of points against this UCF team. So I'll add on to that. I think you have to look at Cincinnati. It's the first time they're in the top four. They finally have a spot. They're going to want to stick to it. So look for the, yep. for the Cincinnati team to roll. UCF down, bad. That team is not very good. They should have probably lost last week to ECU. Close game, play of the week, hit, easy money. Look at Cincinnati. They have to roll in this game to keep their spot. This is one of their bigger games left in their schedule. So look for Cincinnati to come out hot. I love that pick. Okay, I'm jumping to the Pac-12. Stay in the 11 a.m. games. Actually, I'm going way deep, actually. It's not an 11 a.m. game. It's a 9.30 p.m. game our time. Um, Oregon minus 13 and a half at home against Cal. Cal sucks. I take Oregon to make a statement here. Um, I think Oregon rolls late at night and on soon. So That's a Cal team that beat Oregon last year, right? Correct. Yep. And no Verdell for Oregon anymore. And also, going back to Cincinnati, they owe us one in this fucking game. So They do. <laughs> this, is, this is the game, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So they always talk about making no sense. We've brought this up before, but that made zero sense. Appalachian State did it to us this year. Yeah, but that one made more sense than the other one. Fair, but only because they turned it over. That's why it looked so yeah, fucking. Bad. That's why I didn't make it. Easy. <laughs> and then they tried to score after taking me. Yeah, like, those bastards. Um, okay, so Oregon minus thirteen and a half at home against Cal. That's my pick. Down to yes. JP. I'll take Western Kentucky minus twelve versus Old Dominion. Uh, Western Kentucky has. The record's not showing, you know, a lot of good stuff, but Old Dominion's bad. Old Dominion is a bad, bad, bad football team. Western Kentucky can put up points. One of the best passing teams in the country. 
and they've done it against everybody. So I think they can blow Old Dominion out. And so I'll take the 12. Anything under two touchdowns looks beautiful to me. So I'll take the Hilltoppers. Good pick. Okay, up to Shafe. We're going to stick to kind of your – we talk about revenge games. Here's another one uh, we got going this weekend. Florida at LSU. Give me the Gators, minus 11. Uh, remember last year this was a game that was one of the best of last year's kind of dud of games during the season. The shoe throw. Yeah, the famous shoe throw. Florida had it in their hands. They were playing for a national championship the next week if they just would have uh, been playing Alabama. LSU won that game. However, LSU this season has looked absolutely just defeated. I think that's the best word I can describe it. They just – to lose the game the way they did last week weekend was – I feel bad because Coach O is a very lovable character in college football, but he's got to go. And I think you're going to start to see the end of it here because they got a tough stretch ahead in these next six games. They lost their best receiver. Um, they lost another guy this afternoon. I, I'm, I can't remember at the top of his head. And then we talked about last week, uh, they lost Stingley. So they're just losing guys left and right. Probably you're going to see that. There's NFL potential on that roster. You're going to see them keep opting out for the rest of the season to go towards the, uh, towards the draft. Uh, LSU, def- the defense has struggled absolutely uh, this season. And Emory Jones, I think, is just going to have a good day. You know, he's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the SEC. And I think they're going to go into Baton Rouge and win by 20 points or so. And somebody said a great point today when I was listening to a podcast. And he was kind of right. They talked about uh, Baton Rouge is a really toxic environment, you know. And I think you're going to start to see it. And it really starts this weekend after last week's game against Kentucky. There's going to be a lot of booze. And there's going to be a lot of people turning against Coach O and getting him out until the rest of the season. So it's going to start this weekend. Fair play. I'm staying in the SEC. I think we're all on this. I'm taking Arkansas by four and a half at home against Auburn. We will be there. So we're going to have a hand in the game. And I want to bet on the home team. So I'll take KJ Jefferson to have a day against Auburn and the Hogs to win by five. Simple as that. Down to JP. I had that as well, but I wanted it at three really bad early in the week and I could not get it. Um, breaking down that game a little bit, like Arkansas has shown the ability to play up-tempo football games and they've shown the ability to slow things down and play a good run foot or run heavy football game. So I think the ability for the offense to adjust to a game is a huge advantage. And plus they're back in front of their home fans. And since Texas, right. Uh, right. Cause yeah. they, no, they played at Georgia. home again. Yeah, no, you're right. They went to Georgia, they went to Dallas and then they went to Ole Miss. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a hungry, homecoming it's gonna be a hungry crowd. Yeah. Homecoming, you're back at home. I, and I think Auburn is just – if Bo Nix can't do it, nobody can do it because, my goodness, that guy's just – he's running all over the field. He's been nuts. His ability to scramble and get out of plays and extend plays has been very impressive for a guy that a lot of people wrote off. And, honestly, I was a part of it. I was like, that. if he's your guy, you got troubles down in Auburn. But um, Auburn not very good as a road team, one and seven as an underdog. And – the ability for Arkansas not to turn the ball over is a plus. And then you add that Auburn has not taken the ball away from teams, another plus. So I like that. Okay. Next pick. Yeah. Uh, I will go with Navy Memphis over 55 and a half. Now, when you look at these two teams, you kind of look at what Navy's done in the last couple of weeks, team that started off really, really slow, wasn't able to score, couldn't play defense. Well, news they still can't play defense, and but they're putting up points. So 
give up 31 to SMU. They give up 30 to UCF in a win. They go up 28 to uh, Houston, 49 to Marshall, 23 to Air Force. They're giving up a lot, a lot of points. So I think they'll be able to score points, and I think they'll be able to, you know, or not, I mean, not be able to slow down a Memphis offense that's been on fire. So I'll take over 55 and a half in a high scoring American Athletic Conference football game. Okay, up to Schaefer. Uh, this is going to be a game nobody is going to be watching. I can promise you that. However, I will be playing it. Uh, I like Liberty minus 32 against Louisiana Monroe. It seems like a lot for a run-heavy team out of Liberty. However, ULM is really, really bad. They're actually they're improving. They've got two more wins than last year. Newsflash. They only I think have they're overcashed. Wins. Yeah. One yeah, and a I half, think, right? I think so. But <laughs> – that, that Troy win was huge, but that's besides the point. Outside of that Troy win, this Louisiana Monroe team has had nothing to show for. They're averaging 15 points a game. They give up a ton of yards through the air, over 300 a game. And when they're not running the football, good luck trying to tackle Malik Willis. And he's going to create everything with his legs and put that ball through the air and absolutely destroy this defense. So I think 32 is a pretty reachable number. And I haven't played a huge number like that in a couple of weeks. So I need to get back to what I was making some money on. Fair. I like that. Okay. I'm going to take a game that probably nobody else is thinking about. I'm going to take the over in Georgia and Kentucky at 44 and a half. Here's why. I think Georgia is going to score a ton of points. I think they're going to make a statement. College game day is their big game. You saw what they did last time winning 37 to nothing. So I think they have another big day, but I do think Kentucky scores. I think they score a couple of garbage time touchdowns against either a backup defense or Georgia finally gets, gives up a touchdown on regulation. Um, their first team defense, because they haven't done it all year. I do think Will Levis throws a couple of picks and one of them for a pick six. So I do account for over 44 and a half points in this football game. I think Georgia's going to roll because I think Kentucky's kind of had an easier path, but this Georgia football team is for real. However, I do think it goes over 44. It's a very small number. Yeah, I think Georgia is just that, – that's the only team in college football this season that has shown zero flaws. I mean, yeah. outside of Stetson Bennett, who I think has been playing really well for his role – and their de- this defense has looked almost unstoppable. And I think it's kind of – I think we might see a week this week where they kind of slip up a little bit. I think they'll win the football game pretty handily. But I think there's too many weapons on the Kentucky side of the ball where, God, you would think this team could get 14 points in some sort of fashion like you talked about in garbage time. Or maybe they come out strong and ready to fight like Auburn did last week and put up a couple points in the first quarter or something. So I like that pick. Okay, that might that scares me a little bit, but down to uh, JP. <laughs> yeah, I'm back to just leans here. Uh, I got told you got a lighter card um, as of right now, but I would lean. I'll give you two leans here. I'll give you, I lean Nebraska minus four versus Minnesota. We were talking about it earlier. I just think if they can just relax and play football, they should handle that game in Minneapolis and beat the Gophers. Um, I'd also lean Louisiana Tech minus seven versus UTEP. UTEP hasn't played anybody. When they did play a good team, they got absolutely throttled. And we like Louisiana Tech's over four and a half season win total. So I think they could win that game pretty handily. Um, So those are two leans I'm looking at at the moment. Uh, And that's, I mean, that's kind of all I had for this week other than the play of the week. I didn't want to spoil Okay, I'll I'll jump on your lean, JP, because obviously I've given all my picks other than play of the week. Um, a lean I went in your favor was I don't know if I want to play the over or under in Purdue in Iowa because I feel like it could be a situation similar to Maryland where Iowa puts up 45 and has a blowout week on offense. Um, but the over-under is only 43. 
And so that 24 to 14 game is very scary. And you run into the same situation. They ran it in Colorado state where Petrus kind of shoots the team in the foot. Then you get a scary line there, but I think it goes over because I was going to score so much. Purdue is not good. So yeah, I don't know. David Bell will be the one issue for the Iowa defense. You know, Riley Moss is going to miss another week or so. Um, giving us problems. What happened, receiver. by the way? Did he, he, did, did he, he like, do the same thing the wide receiver did last year, Smith-Marset? No, he was, like, getting up to celebrate his interception, and he he didn't really get into the inter, like the celebration. He just – He, just, he like, went started down. to jump towards yeah, the celebration, like, like pump, yeah. and it was, like, right as he got in the air. Yeah, he hadn't even, like, gotten into the celebration yet, but he went down <laughs> um, optimistic. I think – That fucking earring. I think it'll just be because I think it's precautionary that he's missing this week for sure. Oh, I feel yeah. No, that's it's a smarter play to let him sit out. It's not like mm-hmm. you don't have any defensive yeah. weapons outside of him. Yeah, and, and honestly, Terry Roberts stepped up huge last week at DB when he was out, so I'm pretty comfortable in that fashion. Okay, Schaefer, any more plays or do you have leans? Uh, two leans for me. Um, one is in the Pac-12. Like you, Parks, I'm going to go UCLA plus two against Washington, I think, is a lean I'm looking at. I just don't understand. I get it. It's on the road. Um, in Seattle, I just don't really understand why they think UCLA shouldn't be favored in this football game. Uh, I know that they've had a couple of bad losses, but Arizona State makes that loss a little less worse, as I, as I would say best. So, I don't know. I think UCLA should win this football game. I think Chip's got their team on the right track, and they're 4-2. and two. They're a solid football team, and they need to keep this thing rolling and try to get to eight wins or so. And then not really much explanation in this one. But my Paul Schaefer, is- JP, that should have went in, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that should have went in. Okay, keep going, Schaefer. The, my, my lean is Texas Tech, uh, minus 16.5, just fading Kansas. Kansas has given up 45 Oh, my points. God. I think Texas Tech could put up a milli. Yeah, 45-plus <laughs> points in, in all four of their losses this season. <laughs> and until I see it, like last year, I'm just going to keep riding the thing. Until, Wait, it's only 16-and-a-half? Yeah, they, they're on the road. It's homecoming for in Lawrence. Oh, so. Nobody's going to that. It's going to be dozens of people to impact the game. <laughs> they got that. The, we should take that. Why is not everybody on that? I didn't see that. I don't, the fade Kansas train hasn't really been as strong this year. And they're they haven't covered yet. They're zero and four against the spread, which is which is funny. I don't know why. What? Um, yeah. All right. Put me on that, probably. Um, and I was gonna say Columbia or however you'd say the backup quarterback out of Texas Tech. He's played in many games before. This isn't his first time going around, so he's gonna be ready to go. And he, I think he can get this. The offense looked fine last week against TCU. It was the defense that was the problem. So I don't think putting up points will not be an issue for Texas Tech uh, in this game. However, Parks, they are wearing those – Kansas is wearing those – Those baby Titans. blues? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> With the Paul George logo on the helmet. I don't know what the <laughs> hell they're doing. Hey, did you guys see South Alabama's alternate helmets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top five worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, I did not like that. Wasn't Those are like horrible. A, isn't it like a car- cartoon it's, jaguar? It looks like Tony the Tiger. It's their mascot. Like it's literally the mascot's head in cartoon fashion. <laughs> um, did you guys see the University of Pennsylvania's helmets? Pen? No. No. Filthy. They did. They have like a path on campus called the Locust Walk, and it's got like this squiggly line, and they recreated it on the helmet with the split logo, and it's like a chromish look on the helmet. It's so filthy. Um, I think uniform of the week last week goes to Tennessee. Um, no questions asked. No, no point needed. 
Um, I think uniform of the week this week that I've seen so far might be Memphis. Memphis is wearing a filthy combo. They're wearing matte gray helmets with a blue chrome face mask. So I like that a lot. I've not okay. seen those. They're filthy. Hey, we got to shout out a game that's, I don't know if I'll play it at all, but North Carolina State, Boston College, two teams we were high on the start of the year. I have North Carolina State's uh, season win total over. That's a three-point line, uh, North Carolina State's favorite at Chestnut Hill and Boston College. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty interesting ACC game right there. I think that'll be a really good one to watch if you're, you know, trying to find a game to watch at 630 at night. How about the dud of a game that would have been the game of the week at the start of the season, North Carolina and Miami? Nah, never was my game of the week. Even if they things had gone their way, I knew Miami was a fraud. <laughs> yeah, Miami is just back. Miami is just being being Miami at this point now in the season. So it's such a tough team to look at and be like, I really want to watch that team play football this week. So no, put me down on the not watching list. Okay, let's jump to that wraps up college football picks, right? All right, let's jump to the play of the week. The play of the week is in. The boys have discussed a very long discussion to figure out play of the week, which moved to five and one last week with East Carolina losing by four on the road at UCF. Shout out to the fucker on Twitter that thought we lost the bet. Did you guys see that? No. Yeah. Burner account. Yeah, he tweeted. He replied to the play of the week tweet and said, I guess the boys thought wrong. And so I sent him a (laughs) gif of the the, the girl trying to put the math together in her head, like confused. That was a funny tweet. What a fucking Um, dumbass. And then he goes, Oh, sorry, saw that wrong. Yeah, fuck you, buddy. Five and one. Okay, play of the week is in. The boys are rolling with Arizona State to win on the road at Utah. This Arizona State team is coming off a really good win at home against Stanford. A win where they looked like a very, very good, well-rounded football team. So we're picking them to stay hot. I do think they roll. Um, Utah has not been the team anybody thought they were going to be this year. The only thing that scares me about it is Utah's wearing a filthy uniform combo, but I do like Arizona State to win the game. Yeah, Shafe, you want to talk on that a little bit? Talk about your forks? Yeah, that, this, this was a game I had my eye on. It was tough to find picks this week, but this is the one I really loved. It was kind of similar to UCLA. I just don't understand how Arizona State – for being as hot as that they are, I, I don't understand how they're a pick them against a kind of a disappointing Utah. They're giving they're giving points due to being on the road in a like a tougher environment. So like I think it's worth three points. So if you if they're playing on a neutral site, I think Arizona State's a four point favorite or at home like a five point favorite. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, get, I I do get what you're saying. I just think that Daniels has been playing much better than I thought he was. He's being very efficient. And he's productive on offense. Rashad White a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. Rashad White in the running game, including Daniels, as you talked about, JP, they're 25th in the country in yards per game. They're running it at will. Um, and this defense actually gets a lot of takeaways, and they, uh, they're ranking 18th against the pass. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going against the Charlie Brewer guy that I was high on. Cam Reesing has taken over at oh, quarterback. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that the Brewer had quarterback issues. I didn't know that he was benched, so that's even better. So I think that this defense is going to have success against, uh, yeah, like I said, disappointing Utah team, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, so Arizona, yeah, Arizona State's you know, shown the ability to put up points and play defense, just like Schaefer was saying, and they've come off two wins that they really needed you know, to kind of solidify themselves in the spot they are. Um, other, if, they're not, if they don't lose to BYU, I think they're a top 15 football team for sure. Uh, Cam Reese Utah has taken over, and he's shown more and more promise you know, through the air and the ability to score points for a Utah team that struggled. And I, and I don't put any stock into them beating – USC last week by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, 
I mean, a win's a win with a team that's struggling. So you want the Pac-12 not to beat itself up in this spot. You want Arizona State to stay up where they are. And so I think they could do that. I just think they're playing with enough confidence in a quarterback in Jane Daniels that's been through it a little bit, understands it, um, made mistakes early on a road game that he doesn't want to, you know, continue to make. He'll learn that. Um, and, and I just think it's a more reliable offense in ASU with the ability to do more than one thing. So I, I'm going to take one point whenever I get the forks of situation in this spot for sure. Cause I don't see them in many spots down the road where they're not favored by at least five. Yep. Okay, fair points, fair picks all around. We love Arizona State to cover. That's why they're the play of the week. Jump on that because the play of the week has been very good. Okay, the time has come. It is back. We're going to talk a little bit of hockey. Obviously, we're early in the year. Um, Second night is Wednesday night, so now it's Thursday. It's Thursday now when you're listening, so it'll be our first full slate of hockey. Um, Chicago down 2-0 live right now as we're recording. It got... They got there quick, JP. Yeah, they got there quick because the back end has not shored up itself in no. the first 10 minutes of all those acquisitions. Hey, yeah. but Kraken were down 2 nothing within I know. six minutes yesterday. Plus 600 so. on the money line for the Hawks right now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. Did the Kraken end up winning last night? No. No, they lost 5-4. Oh. 4-3. Um, I think – yeah, when you're looking at this, like I'm, I'm kind of one of those people who likes to see a week or so before I start jumping into the NHL, um, just because yeah, it's harder for me to cap than playing football games. So I think tomorrow, though, is an interesting one, man. I think um, the Islanders-Hurricanes would be a great game. Uh, I do have uh, a lean right now. Oh, it'll be Thursday night, I guess. It'll be tonight when you're listening to this. I think if you look at um, – Montreal and Buffalo. I think Montreal is just a better team. I think Buffalo's, uh, man, Buffalo's not good here. Yeah. And I think 135 is not that bad of juice to be paying for a Montreal team that uh, got to a cup last year when they, nobody expected it. They played decent. They've had, you know, ins and outs of, in the off season, but I think, man, I would lean that for sure. I'd also lean um, Dallas. I think yes. Dallas plus 105 would be a good spot. I, New York just got uh, beat today. And Man, I just I, I don't think I'd want to play the Caps one one night and then the next night have to go play Dallas that plays the exact opposite way. That's just not something I would be excited to do. So I think Dallas in their first game coming up fired fired up in a spot where they got to come out hot in a really good Central Division. So plus one hundred five, man, I'd play Dallas for sure. Um, and man, I'm going to jump to the opposite. I'm taking that pick as well. I'm going to take the Stars. I'm going to take the reverse puck line i'll take the stars by two um that's plus 345 so i will take the stars by two two goals i think new york having to play back-to-back nights is tough i feel comfortable with either holtby and hudobin and net you have defensive weapons the defense on the stars is absolutely filthy they add ryan Suter from the wild this mm-hmm. this offseason they only lose a lesniak to the kraken that was their only loss that's fine Offensive weapons, Sagan's back and healthy. Jamie Benn and Dennis Garyanov are going to be Sagan wild off the scary, way. man. The very, very scary. Good. I think it's a very good line in the Central. One of the best lines in the Central. So, I and, like Dallas to roll tomorrow. Tonight. Tonight. Yeah, tonight. Um, yeah, Seattle again. Like, Seattle looked good last night. They're going in to play Nashville. They're Another quick. Team, Nashville is – man, talk about two teams that aren't going to score a ton of goals this year, play more defensive hockey. But, man – Seattle get their first win. I know it's on the road in Smashville, but I don't know, man. I just I a team that's played a game in under a belt versus a team that's not 
having a lot of expectations coming into the year. So, I mean, there's three lanes right there. Uh, Kraken stars as well as the Canadians. Uh, I will also add last night I had a hell of a ride in opening game. I took the Lightning and Penguins over five and a half, and it looked like a dead dog because it was 0-0 halfway through the second period. And that hit by a million because there was three empty net goals. So it finished six to two. Um, Vasilevsky looked like a little confused in the net. Like maybe this is going to be his scary season. He gave up the opening goal on a complete blunder of a play just on his own. So it's nothing credited to the Lightning's defense, which is going to be good again. Victor Hedman's still a monster, even though he's 40 years old. Um, But that seems going to be good. I wouldn't rule out just off game one that Tampa Bay is not going to be very good this year. The Penguins are good. They did it without Malkin and Crosby yesterday. So look for the Penguins to be really, really good late in the year when everybody's healthy. So, Schaefer, any adding points on hockey? (laughs) Uh, You can bet on college hockey now, too. That's true. I didn't know that the season was starting until, like, last night when I was – Well, it did start till last night. So that's fine. When the game was on. I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know it was starting this week. Okay, so Schaefer, the Seattle Kraken fan, did not watch his team play the I first I am not game. a Seattle did, Kraken did fan. That's NBA Reese. Start? No, preseason. Still preseason. No. no not that I care. No. But. But, okay, Football I will goals. mention this. Pretty cool fact just because, I don't know, it's maybe only cool to me. So if you're listening, you're going to be like, fuck this kid, who cares? Uh, Ryan Donato scores the first goal in Kraken history was an Omaha Lancer. It's pretty cool. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah. So shout out Ryan Donato. Put that on a t-shirt. Yep, Ryan. That'll be the first t-shirt ever worn for Ryan Donato. So, okay. That wraps up the NHL. Let's jump to the NFL. Schaefer, I know you hate the game of football now, but do you have an NFL parlay for us? I told you I was staying away from NFL parlays. Last what are you, you going to play anything? Yeah, well, you might need to go back to it, champ. I, I, I gave you the Colts last week, you fucking loser, and they won. They covered. <laughs> the, they I, covered. Let's let's be clear there. They did not win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to <laughs> fucking give you a pick or what? Yeah, I want you to give me a pick. Oh man, uh, I kind of like Miami minus three and a half against Jacksonville. I know they're they're not playing very well right now, but I mean, I don't know how you give that Jacksonville team any credit. They they're playing so bad right now. Urban Meyer is gone within the next few weeks and that's a team that's gonna roll over in london they could give less of a shit about it to be honest um and then oi london we're sending you our two best yeah go get the (laughs) dolphins and fucking jags after we just gave you the falcons and the jets you're welcome (laughs) um i i like this pick uh cardinals plus three on the road at cleveland um they're five and oh the three and oh on the road i don't know i don't understand why I that game's scary how, as fuck. They're still a good team. It Cleveland's is still a really good team. Cleveland is a, yeah, and Cleveland is a good team, but Cardinals seem almost for real. I think they're going to keep it going. Last one. Uh, if Gruden was coaching this week, I would hammer the Broncos, but I'm a little lenient on it. I don't know how they're going to respond with the uh, interim coach, but I think Denver at home after two terrible weeks in a row. Um, I think they're going to respond and beat the uh, Raiders down at home in Denver. So, Jesus. Okay, I will give my NFL pick. I have one. I'm not playing a parlay. The Chiefs fucked the parlay. The other two legs hit without a bat of an eye. Um, and then the Chiefs fucked it on Sunday night with a two-hour delay. So that was nice. 
But I will take the Colts. I think the Colts rolled this week. The Texans are awful. I think the Colts are going to make a statement. They're obviously up big this week uh, on the Ravens, and they're going to emphasize finishing the game. So I think they do cover the 10, so I will take the Colts, which is good because the only game they've won, I bet on them. So this is good news for you, Shafe. Maybe I can reinvest you in the Colts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I watch. Um, okay, so JP, do you have any leans for the NFL or play? Damn, you know i I would lean LA Chargers. Be specific here, plus two and a half or money line against the Ravens. Man, I just I think they're playing good football right now, and I think it's a great spot after what just happened with Baltimore. Um, what was that Monday night that they yep. came back and won that football game? <laughs> I just think. No offense, Shafe. I'm just saying. Uh, I just think it's Schaefer's Halloween Michael Myers smile. Just like, are you fucking done? I just, I think we talked about it enough. My favorite was Schaefer's stories, like MPJ, like great play, man, like do this, like great play, and then all of a sudden they just stopped. There was no more stories. (laughs) Tell this kid to stop posting stories about us. It was kind of like Texas this weekend, who was like. Horns are rolling, like Texas is back, posting. And then when Oklahoma started doing Oklahoma things, they just stopped tweeting. They didn't tweet for two days. They never even <laughs> tweeted a final score. I did. I posted on my uh, my private story. I did do that after the game. What are you, a ch- drunk woman? I was, Why don't you just post my, on your normal story? I, I, got, a pri- I got a private story. I was story. in my field, so. It's more so just used because – Oh, I have a private story as well. I only do gambling like memes on it because nobody. That was else that wants was that see. was what my thing. That was uh my private story is is all gambling memes. Yeah, that's why I do it too. It's smart because there's a lot of people on my Snapchat that do not want to watch my gambling memes. So, okay, that wraps up the NHL, the NFL, and college football. Our three main plays, I'd say, other than play of the week, um, are pretty clear. We're pretty excited about this week college football. I wouldn't say it's the best slate of games. However, it's not the worst board we've ever seen. Okay, that wraps up pretty much everything we're talking about. Play the week, Arizona State, mark that down. Hockey's back. We did what's popping. Who's in, who's out. And we recapped our bets from last week in Schaefer Hates His Life. It has been a great episode. It's been a wild year. If you're here and you've been here since episode one, we love you. Um, Reese, shout out to Reese. We miss you. Um, we're excited to have you back. I think we're at seven or six and a half weeks until Reese returns for an episode. Um, we'll be thinking about you. You'll see a bunch of content from us in Fayetteville, Arkansas this weekend. It's going to be a big weekend for our, It's Just Money. Um, JP is calling the pigs, and it's going to be a great week. Schaefer, tell them what's going to play us out. Yeah, do, you do, do you do the fight song, or do you give a little? Arkansas by Chris, Chris Stapleton. Stapleton. Arkansas Absolutely. by Chris Stapleton. <laughs> but before that, I'm going to – we're going to play that, but right now starts a uh, Pig Suey play. Yes. Outside of you guys. Yes, there will be one already playing. But thanks, for joining, but thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.